This is like high tech. The tech or the text is very small. Mm, yeah, my screen's a uh, pretty high resolution. Well, aren't we special? <laughs> 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 yeah, you just like rub it in a little bit, you know. It's like you know, you did won the debate. You got the really kick-ass monitor. <laughs> Holy crap! I tell you. So, so how how does it feel, Ethan, to to you know be be on the top here, top dog, king of the mountain? Clearly, I, mean, I don't take this personally. It's not my victory; it's Foundry's. All glory goes to Foundry. Oh, good God! No, you got to stay. You know, you got <laughs> like I I don't know, man. Like like the la the, the debate, you trounced us. You you I mean, you blasted us with the fireball. You had lightning <laughs> bolts going on. You were like uh, you know poking fun, fun at my own. Kind Kind of hospitalization stay like there was no mercy <laughs> that was a low blow <laughs> yeah it was like just reaching reaching but you know it's like oh feel the stab in the kidney oh my god <laughs> um yeah. okay brandon i was gonna hand it off to you since uh it's your show today what are we talking about today so today we're going to be talking to ethan uh who has uh, Alpha said is kind of the the victor of the the VTT platform battle that we had a little while back. I won't I won't call it a battle debate. It was a debate. It was mostly friendly and and very few uh, weaponized messages. Were Actually, I, I think it was more of a slaughter. To be you know perfectly, <laughs> I, I mean, especially if you take in the, into account the legacy, you know, roll twenty. I thought I was kind of holding my own there in the middle, and then boom goes the fireball, and then I'm like, fuck, that's it, man. <laughs> There was uh, there was definitely a moment where it was like, oh no, no, this has been won, and we're we're twenty minutes in. So okay, yeah. Next. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're uh, we're here so that uh, we can kind of share with everybody. Um, Ethan can kind of demonstrate all of the interesting and lovely things that Foundry can do from, particularly from a GM's perspective. I believe you said you were going to do, yeah, yes, Ethan. Exactly. Perfect. Um, so we're going to get to see some of the interesting things you can do with a VTT in general, but specifically with something uh, with Foundry. Um, and I hope uh, Ethan will kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, the core piece. Is it hosted locally? Is it online? The, the kind of high level summary for everybody so that we can get uh, kind of common ground before you dive into the all the fun nitty gritty stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just so I'm going to try to record on my end. Um, haven't tried this before while streaming. So things kind of slow down to a crawl. I may have to stop that. So I'm just going to start OBS recording right now. And this should be recording the main monitor. Okay. Um, so as, as we discussed, this is not going to be a tutorial. Um, there's actually an excellent series of YouTube tutorials. It's about an hour and a half long. You can peruse it at your own pace. And it's uh, this is what I used to learn Foundry. I'm linking it in the Discord chat. Um, and so that will teach you all the basics from setting up a map to you know uh, making the lighting work to creating characters, uh, everything like that. So it would it's pretty uh, pretty interesting. Um, so I'm just going to demonstrate, kind of, uh, give you an overview of what kind of features Foundry can offer you. And one of the best things about Foundry. It's the module support. And modules are written by the community. They're add-ons. They're extra functionality for Foundry, or it can change the function of Foundry. And they're incredibly powerful. 
Some are very easy to use. Some are, there is a learning curve to some of them, but you get what you put in. So you can really improve your games with these modules. And as I go and want to highlight what modules I'm using and how it adds to um, the basic functionality of Foundry. Um, so uh, I think, yeah, Brandon, if somebody has some interesting question about something specific that I'm talking about, feel free to interrupt me. This is going to be pretty informal. All right. Sounds so good. Sounds good. On to the program. So here you have kind of a basic screen when you start Foundry. Um, so game systems, here is where you can install different systems. Fifth edition D&D, I have this installed. Um, somebody uh, in our community was interested in 3.5e, so I have that also installed, and also Vampire the Masquerade. But I don't really know these systems, so we won't really go into these unless they, they show up and I have specific questions. Uh, other things, add-on modules, they're very easy to install. You can search for a module and you can install it. And I have something like 60 different modules. You don't have to, definitely don't have to use these, but I thought it would be uh, give a wide breadth of what's available. And finally, game world. So when you create a game world, you can select what system they are using. And we're just going to go ahead and load up our demo world, which is currently using the fifth edition D&D system. So. Um, back to the technical aspect. Um, so Foundry, there's different ways you can host a game on Foundry. You can run it on your computer and people can just connect using any web browser. So for example, um, right now I have Foundry started on my computer and if I was a player, I just copy, uh, I can send them a link and then let's say I have my Chrome browser here and I just paste this link up oh, that is not my link for some reason all right there we go so here i give this to one of my players they log in with their browser they select themselves out of a list of players that are uh, vetted for this session and i click join and the game will load now uh, there are certain issues with this your server is only up while you or your computer is on and you're running this, so your players cannot log in if your computer's off. You can host Foundry online. You can pay uh, someone to host it for you. You can host it on like any different web server, such as Amazon. And there's also like Foundry specific hosting service called The Forge. Uh, the price comes out, I think it's like $5 a month or something. And then you have a permanent server that's always on. That also helps with some of the security concerns that other people, I think Sarah had some security concerns where if you're running Foundry on your computer, you're leaving the port open. And if somebody knows your IP address, they can potentially uh, get access to your computer that way. So if you pay a third party to host it, that uh, takes care of that problem. Um, so on to uh, kind of basics of Foundry. So these are uh, built into Foundry is the system of lighting. Right, uh, light sources, there are walls and vision. So if we go into our, from our player's perspective, we can see um, we have a player character, uh, Argon. And if I unpause the game, so this is our player's perspective, Argon can move his characters wherever he wants. And you can see right now the scene is in bright daylight. So there is lighting everywhere. We don't have to worry about point sources of light. So there are some walls around here. For example, this here is a wooden fence. And if I take Argon and I try to move 
Argon from one side of the fence to the other, it's going to give me an error message. He's trying to walk through this wall. So this is a wall that allows vision, it allows you to see over it, but does not allow you to move over it. Other walls, say this stone door here, uh, this stone wall here, which is the wall to the uh, blacksmith, this one blocks vision as well as movement. See, if I try to drag Argon over, this does not, um, he can't move through it. There's also things, one-way walls, and that's a kind of a neat feature. For example, right here, this is a cliff. So if I switch to the, to the DM view, you can see that um, this is a cliff, and if I was R1, I can't move up the cliff. I can't jump up on it. I can't see over it. But if I switch over to DM, the DM can move the token over. And now from the player's perspective, so I have the vision over this wall. I can move R1 down the cliff, but I can't move him back up. So this is a one-way wall. And if you go into the wall laying tool in Foundry, you can see I have all of these walls mapped out. Um, there are different colors denoting different types of walls. And these one-way walls, you see there's an arrow kind of denoting which direction it is a wall. Um, so let us um, kind of explore the, the vision aspect of it. So uh, one thing is uh, we can transition the scene to night. So if I click this button here, you have this animation. And from the player's perspective, you can see the scene darkening and it's turning into night. And at some point, at night, I have lights that automatically turn on. So if we switch back to the uh, DM perspective and we go into the lighting tab, so you can see I've selected, I've created a point source of light right here. And this light, you can see kind of like a general outline. I don't know if you can make it out on the with this perspective, but it obeys line of sight. If there is a wall blocking the light, the light does not propagate beyond that, beyond that wall. Uh, one thing uh, that I mentioned, right, these lights are automatically configured to turn on when the scene approaches a certain darkness. So um, let's go back to uh, Argon. He's approaching the smithy. He's walking in. There are two doors here. And if I walk up, I can open one of these doors and it'll let me walk into the smithy. And uh, as you can see, the, the lighting works quite well. It's very fast, very smooth lighting. Uh, another thing, I don't know if you guys can hear, but there's um, sounds of a hammer banging on an anvil. Can you guys hear that? Uh, I'm not sure if you guys can hear that, but... Uh, <clears throat> no. Okay. So I guess the, the sound, for some reason, is not broadcasting over Discord. So that may be a problem. But what you can do with Foundry is, similar to the light radius, you can have a sound thing. So if you can see here, I have a sound... So if you walk within range of this sound um, area effect, you will hear an ambient sound being played. And what I've coded it is that uh, I've configured it so that there's a sound of just ambient sound of inside a blacksmith. Um, so let's turn this off. So I'll just delete that. Um, but anyways, um, uh, that's going to be a problem because then I can't really demonstrate the, the sound aspect. Anyways, so Argon is walking through, walking through the smithy, and he goes into a back room here. And you notice that there is no lighting here because the walls, there are two walls that are blocking the illumination from outside. So instead, let's have Argon light up a torch. And 
A module that I'm using here is this little button. All it does is add a little button so that your players can quickly access a torch. So I click that on. So now Argon has lighting of his own and he can look around in this back storage room. Um, switching over to our DM's perspective, if we, uh, we notice that there is a door here in one of the walls, but from our player's perspective, Argon does not see a door. That's because this door is coded to be a secret door and only the DM can have access to it. So um, as the DM, I can open up this door and now from our player's perspective, this wall has just opened up and there's a secret room behind here. So Argon can walk through here. And finally, the last kind of wall that I want to demonstrate is uh, a kind of illusory wall. So this wall right here, it blocks vision, but you can walk through it. So uh, good for illusions, or if you want to make a curtain or something. And behold, there's a secret chest um, hidden behind this wall. Uh, other things you can do as a uh, DM is you can lock a door. So I've now clicked this door and it's changed into a lock symbol. So from the perspective of uh, our player here, if he tries to open the door, um, it also it's playing a locked door sound, like you're you know clicking the, the door and just wiggling it, but it's not opening no matter how much I click here. It's too bad you guys can't hear that. Um, but anyways, cool. um, so these are uh, the kind of walling tools. And just to show you how easy it is to make these walls. So for example, um, first of all, let's transition the scene back to, uh, oh, that was actually uh, not daylight. I think it's uh, dawn, but uh, anyways. So we click this walling tool and you can see on the left-hand side, there's a whole bunch of buttons. These lets you draw whatever type of all the different types of walls and doors that we talked about but a simple wall straightforward wall so i can just um, hold down control and i can lay down a path right here and then that is the wall i can also click on each segment or highlight them in total and i can right click it and there's a configuration menu and i can adjust the details there oh uh there's one last type of wall that i forgot to mention so if from a player's perspective, if we take Argon outside, um, this is what, if you look at this tree down here, this is what's called a, a terrain wall. And what this does is it blocks your line of sight. So if you look behind here, Argon's vision is blocked behind the tree, but you can see the details of the tree. Um, so this is what it's called a terrain wall. And if I switch over to the DM's perspective and I show the wall, so you see this is outlined in green. And this is useful if you have like, let's say a statue or something there and you want your players to be able to see the details of the statue, but you still want it to block line of sight, block vision. Um, so this covers uh, um, the walls that you can do and the light sources. You can tell that there's a, you can have some animation with this kind of light source. Uh, you can have a flickering, that's the, the torch. And just to show you the different kinds of lighting that's available. So these are all the different lighting options that you can play around with. You can have some kind of chroma thing. You can have a futuristic shield-like effect. Um, there's also a lighting, uh, I think that's darkness. So you can have magical darkness. Uh, I can't really demo it in here, but uh, so if you have a darkness spell in DMV, for example, you can simulate that. But you can just play around with all these. You can, if, you, if I click on one of these, you can change the dim light radius, the bright radius, you can, the intensity, the color, animation speed, uh, you can change the intensity. You see like a lot of customization options. 
And of course, you can change the color of this. Say, let's say I want a kind of a magenta color. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, you have that. So this is some uh, some really interesting, interesting different kind of options and things. Uh, there have been a couple of questions related to some of the stuff you're doing, which uh, yes. I think we should maybe cover before we move on. Excellent. Um, so obviously we've got some dynamic lighting going on. We've got some fog of war based on the line of sight. Um, how much actual kind of time does it take for you to set up a given encounter? So, uh, you know, is there a PDF import? Can it do automated walls? Yeah. Do you just drag and click and drag? So what does that look like? Um, it's This is something I want to cover actually a little bit later, but just for, for a quick rundown, I made this scene in Dungeon Draft. Um, and with Dungeon Draft, as you lay down the wall and the lighting in Dungeon Draft, you can export it into Foundry. I believe there are, um, if you're using Incarnate, if you're using Dungeon Fog, a lot of the map making software, there is a, you can export the files as a, a universal <clears throat> battle map format, and it will import with all the lighting and the wall set up. Um, there are also other options that where you can get maps in, and I will cover those in a bit. Um, if you want something really crude and simple, uh, there are drawing tools. To be honest, I don't really use these. Um, so I don't know what the, so you can start with a blank map and just kind of like quickly sketch out uh, some, some boundaries. Um, for me, I, I'd rather just do theater of the mind rather than <laughs> kind of my poor art skills, but um, that is an option. Okay. Okay. I mean, you showed that the, the, the player character could kind of turn on, you know, a torch or a lamp or a flashlight or whatever it is. Um, two questions would be, can it be directional like a yeah. flashlight, let's say, um, let's see. Let's for their kind that. of carried light? So um, if I go into the vision section, I can change the emission angle. Let's say we do a 90 degree emission angle. So there you go, and we can rotate that. Uh, sorry, how do I do that? There is an option here somewhere, site angle. Kind of rotate with the character or something? Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing it right now, but... Um, and I guess, would it be in this one where you can decide, you can determine kind of if they have, you know, dark vision or all of those kinds of things? Yeah, like how exactly. So. Uh, Argon is a dragonborn, so he actually does not have uh, dark vision. And uh, let me show you what that looks like. So this is a dark scene, right? So if I had, uh, let me remove Fog of War, uh, reset this scene. Um, so I guess I have to do it from the player's perspective. Yeah, so from the player's perspective, you can see without dark vision, the entire surroundings are dark, uh, are black. So now right. from DM's perspective, let's edit Argon's vision. So let's say we have standard dark vision. So you can see 60 feet dim and see 30 feet in bright light. So let's say a gnome or an elf. So you can see now from Argon's perspective, he has an area where it's, it's bright light and area where it's dark. I don't remember exactly uh, what the rules are, but um, you can certainly, this is how you can configure dark vision. Very cool, very cool. And that's a per character thing too. Like each one can yes. have a torch or dark vision or not dark vision or whatever. Exactly. And for the player views, is it one player view or is it a per character player view? Um, what is so, it, how does that work? So when a player logs in, they actually have permission. So 
for example, let me go into our player characters. Um, actually, I have to do this from the DM's perspective just to show you player characters. So I can configure permission. So if I have more players, right now I just have one player, KW Gamer. I can have like a whole bunch of characters and I can select for this character whether a player has vision of this character or they're the owner of that character. So you can be the owner or you can have vision of multiple different tokens. And if you do have that permission, you will see the map light up from all of those tokens' perspectives. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I think the only other question that you should probably answer before you move on to your second piece um, would be, so we're talking about setup, we're talking about importing, uh, it would be the changing levels, like flipping maps to go from first floor to second floor, things like that. Is it an yeah. easy way to do that? So there's actually, a, uh, there's, I've seen it done multiple different ways. Uh, for example, if you have a map and you just split it down the center and you have one uh, level on each side. Say you have a tavern and first floor is on the left-hand side and second floor is on the right-hand side and the DM can just drag you from one to the other or you can have it set up so that uh, the second floor is a separate map. So I just have to click uh, in this hot bar and it will automatically switch over, right? There's actually mods module that I've seen. I have not played around with it where the players can do this themselves. Like you create a kind of like a portal and that's a specific tile or area on the map. And if the player moves their character into that area, it will automatically transition them to the next map. Interesting. So you could use it to do like a staircase or something and it will bring yeah, them to the next, the next right. map. Or portals, if you're running a, a like a, a funhouse dungeon, like Tomb of Horrors, you can have it so that it will automatically connect one area of the map to another or a different map. Interesting, cool. Okay, I will let you continue. There's a couple more about importing, but you said you're going to talk about that later, so yeah, I'll, let you, I'll let you continue. Yes. Okay. So um, let's see. Uh, we talked a little bit about the drawing tools, just a little bit about the tiles. Um, let's see. Um, so you can just import your own art assets into this. I don't use this very much, but let me just show you what you can, uh, a quick, uh, where's my team? Let's say I'm going to take a massive wagon and I can just shrink that down so you can import your own art assets that you want and put them in the scene and move them around. That's fairly easy to do. Um, all right, we talked about drawing tools. Let me just refer to my notes. Okay, so now let's go, um, actually, well, let's talk about dice. So, if we talk about Dice and Foundry, I have to mention the module Dice So Nice. Now, Foundry by itself does not include a 3D Dice model. So with this module, let me just show you, um, uh, oh, I'll show you in a bit, but let's roll some dice. So you can see we have 3D Dice, and this is a simple dice roller. It's another module just to um, simulate roll 20, and I can just roll whatever dice I want, and it's animated in 3D. So from, let's go to our player's perspective. Let's make R1 roll some dice. So you can see our players have customized their own dice. So R1 has a, a red scale dragonborn skin for his dice. Um, and just to show you the module, let's customize that. Let's play around with what kinds of different dice we have. So this is my dice setting. So I, have, I, I like these bronze dice. Um, there's so many different things that you can do. Let's choose 
ice dice. Um, let's see, you can, and also you can customize it. So these are preset themes that you can go, uh, you know, you can just uh, use oh, yeah, these dice. Okay. Um, so you can also further customize it yourself by selecting. So if you just do a custom color, uh, let's say, let's do some purple dice. We can choose a texture. Let's choose a transparent ice. Uh, you can change the material, wooden dice. Well, I guess it doesn't really do well with that. Let's do uh, chrome. You can see it's all nice and shiny. You can change the font, the font size, the font color. You can really customize it. And in the performance, you can, if your computer is a little bit slower, you can change that. Um, there's also, you can ask, also add different sound effects that, uh, that go with your dice, but a lot of customization options. Um, so that's just for the animation side of things. So let's look at the um, formulas. Well, actually, before that, so I have everything set on private GM rule. That means when I roll a dice, let's say, let's roll a D20 right there. So you can see here, I can see that I rolled an eight, but from my player's perspective, if we look in the chat menu, it doesn't show up. They have no idea that I rolled the dice, right? There's other different options. Public is where everybody can see it. You can do a blind roll, and that's more for players. So what I like to do is have my players blind roll insight when they're doing insight check, because I don't want them to metagame. I don't want to know, hey, I rolled a 20 on my insight. For sure, this guy's telling the truth. I want them to guess. So I do a private GM roll insight, and you can see from Argon's perspective, he doesn't know what dice he rolled. But if we switch back to the DM's perspective, I can tell Argon rolled a six. Because um, that's private rolls. Uh, self, if you just want to roll for yourself and don't show it to anybody. Um, so now let's talk about dice now. Um, so there's a lot of dice macros you can make. Um, just showing a few common ones, very simple ones right there. So what I did there was 1d20 plus 1d4 plus 4. Let's say simulate a bless if someone has bless cast on them. So it rolls both of them and you can add the modifier. So simple math, absolutely you can handle. Um, next one, we're going to roll 4d6 dice and then keep the highest three. So if you're familiar, that is the stat generation for D&D. So we've rolled and let's expand that a 13. We dropped the lowest dice, which was a four. Uh, other dice map, you can combine things by using a parenthesis. So right here, I'm going to roll a D4, and depending on what the results of that D4 is, I'm going to roll that many uh, D6s. Uh, so I only rolled a one on the D4, so it only rolled, oops, it only rolled one D6. So right here, I rolled four D6 dice. Uh, other things you can do, you can tell Foundry to re-roll a dice if it's less than a certain number. So here we have coded is a great weapon fighter feat where if you roll a one or a two on your D6 damage dice, it will re-roll that. So we can see both dice landed on ones. Now, so both are re-rolled. Uh, other things, exploding dice. Uh, let's say right now we have, we're rolling four D6s and if one of them is a six, it's going to roll an, another dice. Um, so none of them are sixes. Let's try that again. Uh, again, no sixes. Again, no sixes. You get the idea. Um, so there's this one I found that uh, for World of Darkness, for Vampire, apparently you can roll D10s and you count the number of successes and minus the number of failures. So there's, a, there's an option for that. So we're rolling five, D, uh, five D10s and you can see three of them 
are successes, and the end result is a three. That's, that's the result of that rule. You can also, similarly, you can flip coins. So now we're going to flip five coins, and it's going to count how many heads there are. And here, we've got two heads out of these. Um, so that's simple dice math. Okay. Any questions? Just a quick question. Yeah. Um, one is, can you make custom dice or find, uh, quote unquote, glitter dice? Is the specific request. <laughs> yes. So um, going back to the, the dice so nice option. So you can customize this. There's so many different options and skins and colors that you can do this. So let's just take a look at the theme glitter or, no, it doesn't look that good. I don't really know, but you really have to play around with this. But uh, there's a lot of options that you can do to change your dice to whatever you want. And do the dice affect, um, if you have a character sheet or hit points or whatever, is there actual kind of combat automation, spell automation? Oh, yeah. So we're going to cover all that. I just wanted to talk about the very basics of dice, the manual dice rolling. But everything is linked to your character sheet, and you will automatically roll the dice, as we'll see later. Perfect. Um, and I guess the one last thing before you move on, um, what is the pricing just in general? Like do modules oh, yeah. cost money? Does the software cost so, money? What is that? The modules are completely free. They're written by the community. It's, it's a really great community. And um, the, the base foundry is just $50. It's a one-time payment US. So it's a one-time payment and then you get everything. Perfect. Okay. Um, and I think you mentioned that if you didn't want to host it locally, there was something called Forge or the Forge, yeah, and that's uh, somewhere around five dollars a month for um, like a twenty-four-seven hosting service. Okay, okay. I think uh, that's it. Feel free to uh, move uh, on. Let's talk about uh, some DM tools, uh, things that I've discovered. Okay, this is actually really um, dark right here. So let's have Argon turn on his torch. Um, so this is the Red Brand hideout from Lost Minds of Fandelver. Um, so Incidentally, I imported this map with all the walls and everything set up. So um, anyways, so let's talk about DM tools. So uh, one thing that I recently discovered, there's a, there's a mod for a GM screen. So it's this little button on the bottom right. I click it and I bring up my GM screen. This is completely customizable. On the left-hand side, you can see I have my basic 5D rules, exhaustion, donning, doffing armor, whatever that I can't remember. And uh, so I have that on the left-hand side. Right-hand side, I have a bunch of world tables. Um, so these, some of these are community-made. So let's hear long rest events. So I can click on this button. Let's say my party's taking a long rest. And now you find a pseudo-dragon rummaging around the group's treasury, yada, yada, yada. Zero HP injuries. If someone's knocked unconscious, what do they suffer? I will this. <laughs> Upon reaching zero hit points, you lose 1d4 teeth. Um, here is a, a random uh, drinks generator at a tavern. Let's roll that. Let's, it's called Infernal Absinthe. That's one of the drinks available at this tavern. I can generate some names. That's, that's pretty useful. If I just want to make up an NPC on the spot, his name is Aiden. Um, other things I can generate from these uh, random tables. So, um, so let's say random loot. So I have a set of gaming set of playing cards that I've generated that... Uh, as random loot. So let's take Argon. We can go to his inventory and let's drag this set of playing cards into his inventory. Now Argon has a set of playing cards. Other things that the GM screen can do. 
Um, so you can, well, not the GM screen. These are two separate concepts. There's the world tables and the GM screens. The GM screen just lets you put whatever you want on the screen for quick access. So let's, we can do random encounters. So let's open up our random encounter GM table. So this is set of easy encounters. So let's roll on this. Uh, we have 1D6 nulls. So just from this, I click on this, uh, the 1D6, I rolled a four. So I know I can populate this with four nulls. And just from the nulls menu, let's bring some nulls out onto the battle map. Here we go. Now we have four nulls, right? So uh, the cool thing about the roll tables is you can nest roll tables within roll, roll tables within roll tables. So now I have this random encounter roll table. So on a one to four, there's no encounter. On a five to eight, it's a social encounter. It's not combat. Nine to 10 is easy, 11 is a medium, and 12 is a hard. So, so now what I've done is I roll on this. And so I rolled a nine or a, I rolled a nine. So now it will go into the easy encounters table and roll again. And now I've rolled 1d6 hobgob. So I can roll this again. It's a two, no encounter. Uh, another easy encounter. No encounter, bugbears, goblins, no encounters. Uh, let's, these are really, a oh, young black dragon has showed up. And I can drag our young black dragon over and Argon's going to be dead soon. Um, just an example of social encounters. This is another table. I roll on it. And uh, let's see, you need a fur trapper with a live wolverine as a pet. Anyways, some cool things you can do with uh, um with the DM screen and roll table. Um, other things. So let's look at the Red Grand hideout. So the things that help you as a GM, you can leave these notes for yourself. So if we switch uh, over to our player's perspective, we see Argon has switched to the Red Grand hideout. There is, he doesn't see this note because this note is only for me, for the GM. I can double click it. I open up a note for myself. And this is basically the provided little blurb. I can read out the flavor text to my players. Uh, one cool module that I've um, recently gotten, uh, it's a narrator thing. So if I do this, your players will see that text pop up on their screen. So you can read it and they can look at it at the same time. But anyways, going back to our uh, notes. So I've left myself, we know that there's some treasure hidden in this fountain and this potion of healing, potion of visibility. I can double, uh, I can double click this and open up the item. I can drag these directly into Argon's inventory. Another thing that I've reminded myself, you see I've color coded this. There's a secret door here. And I remember that the DC uh, for perception is 15. So from Argon's perspective, if I go over, Argon does not see that there is a door here. So this is an easy way to remind myself. Uh, other thing, as we explore the dungeon, Argon's going through, this is a trap. From Argon's perspective, there is, there's nothing, he doesn't see anything there, right? So I can remind myself, double click on it, that there's a pit trap here, and then there's a DC 15 wisdom perception check, and it does 2d6 damage. I can just click on this and it will roll the damage for me. Um, other things that we can do, let's say Argon goes in, and now you see there's three skeletons here. I can open this up. I can, there's an image I've prepared of a skeleton. I can show this to my players. So from Argon's perspective, this skeleton has popped up and I can show them and describe them for him. All right. Um, so yes, any questions for this? Specifically about this, there's been a few kind of along the way about 
you know, if you're playing 5e, does it just have the SRD? And do you have to, you know, if yeah. you have, let's say, this this map from the starter starter kit, can you just import it? Can you import characters from DDB? Yeah, so um, this is a little bit uh, a longer discussion. Uh, Foundry is pretty new. Um, he currently does not have an official license with Wizards of the Coast. So uh, right now, what's available officially through Foundry is the SRD. So it's the same thing as the World 20 SRD. Everything that you can find there, you can find in Foundry. Um, I know they've recently, they're hiring people and one of them is a product manager who is going to work on this. Currently officially supported, there's Warhammer Fantasy, there's I think the new Alien RPG, there's also Savage Worlds. So if you're running any of those systems, there's actually official uh, content for it. But if you're doing 5e, currently there's nothing. That said, you can import things. Uh, I, as I said before, I'm not really sure about the copyright issues surrounding that, so I will not be demoing direct import. But one thing that I can show is that uh, let's import a character right now uh, from D&D Beyond. Let's create it after. Uh, this is a character that I'm playing in Sarah's campaign. It's Fizz, Fizzle Puff. Let's bring this out. Um, I just have to open up my D&D Beyond thing. So as you can see here, I have my D&D Beyond character. I'm just going to copy this link. I'm going to hit this button, enter that link, and start import. And let's just wait. Now Fizz is in here. So I have my D&D Beyond character. So you can manage your characters in D&D Beyond and just import them into Foundry. Now Fizz is right here. If you go over his inventory, his spells, everything is there. So it's really quite easy to import from D&D Beyond. Uh, other content, uh, like I said, monsters, maps, uh, you know, racial features, spells, those things you can import, but we won't be covering it here. Gotcha. And if you if you do that import, is it a two-way connection? Like if you have a player um, who's playing with their character on D&D Beyond, does it update their foundry? Yeah, or so is I it kind of a... into this. Uh, the issue, the guy who was programming, who was making the original module, had a bridge between foundry and D&D Beyond. Unfortunately, I think because of some personal tragedy, he had to stop working. The new person who has uh, taken over the project does, did not update that. So at this time, there is no... Uh, two-way connection between D&D uh, Beyond and Foundry. So it, it's only one way importing from D&D Beyond. Right. So it works kind of like the the Avray hook for Discord, where you can kind of, you have to manually update the Avray version of right. the character from, from right. DDB. Oh, all right. Let's, uh, let's move on to some uh, different things. Um, so let's talk about character sheets. So this is not the default character sheet. I'll show you what the default character sheet um, looks like. D&D character sheet. So this is the regular D&D character sheet. I think it's kind of ugly, so I've chosen to use a, a different one. There is one that kind of simulates D&D beyond the layout. So this one here, you can, it's kind of similar to D&D beyond if you prefer that. Personally, I prefer the, um, it's called tidy 5e sheets. Uh, this one here, so you can see there's inspiration. You can track your inspiration right here. You could take a, a short rest where you can roll your hit dice from the sheet and it will automatically heal. Um, you, can, you can do a long rest and it will change all of your long rest. It will reset your spells, whatever different features, your items. Um, you know, if you have per day items, it will all uh, change that. Inventory, you can change how your inventory looks. If I want to use my great uh, axe, I just click on it and it's going to roll some dice for me. 
right? Uh, we'll go over combat later. Spellbook, same thing. It's pretty limited right now. We'll cover that. Uh, you can have a biography. You can have your journals. That's all character sheet. If you want to roll your initiative, you just click on INI here. You can also click on the combat tracker, which I'll show later. You can also roll saving throws, um, ability modifiers. Here we have different abilities. So athletics, Argon's good at that. We can roll advantage, disadvantage. You can roll that. You can change proficiency if you have like a bard who's like has or a thief who has expertise in something. You can change that. Um, here's a bunch of resistances, languages, proficiencies, etc. So everything you need is on here. Okay, um, let's go to uh, a different uh, demonstrate a different things that you can do with uh, Foundry. Okay, so here is a general store. Um, this is a map that's from a map pack which I've just dropped in here. Everything's already done. There's actually ambient sound. There's birds chirping in the back, but uh, let's say from uh, Argon's perspective. You know the walls are already built, so it's uh, this. This took me like two seconds to bring them. So this is a general store, and Arwan will go and talk to this store, um, this person who's Elmar Barthon from Family. Uh, one thing I want to note is um, NPC sheets. So there's two buttons. This is part of a module. This actually, I recorded a little snippet of what I thought Elmer Barton looks like. It's like, hello, my name is Elmer Barton. So I can always play this. Uh, fortunately, you guys can't hear it, but uh, this is, I can play back that little snippet I recorded so that, you know, two weeks from now, I can remember what Elmer sounded like in my head. Um, anyways, so this is a, a module I'm using is loop sheets. And um, so, if Arvon goes into this general store and interacts with Elmar Barthen, you can see that this is actually Elmar's inventory. And I can, as a player, just buy whatever I want from it as long as I have a gold. Let's say I want to buy a dagger. Uh, let's say we can just buy a dagger. We can purchase one. And now Arvon has a dagger, right? Inventory, there's that dagger that he just bought. So this is all handled. Um, similarly, you can set up auto looting so let's say there's a there's a thug right there um actually I, I don't think i set it up properly but similarly you can just loot a dead body uh you can loot the money and everything right here oh yeah that's because i didn't give Argon permission so now Argon has permission and now he can loot this light uh, uh crossbow loot the scimitar let's loot some coin he has 20 gold now it's all Argon's. um so this these are all mods I can do this. Um, so something else I wanted to show, world map. So this is a friend of mine, a DM that, uh, so this is a map of Barovia. We're playing Cursed Strive right now. So you can do this really cool thing where instead of fog of war, you actually have an image. So the players have this map of Barovia, but there's no details, there's no terrain. But as you're moving around, as you're moving around, the party's moving around, you're revealing the terrain underneath, right? And here we come across the village of Barovia. You can double click on this icon and then there's a picture of Barovia. So this works really well for if you're playing a, like a hex crawl, Tomb of Annihilation, something like that. If you have this setup, it'll look really nice. Um, other things, let's see. Oh, uh, one thing that I've set up uh, is this calendar calendar mod. So this actually, it's a, it tracks time. You can advance time by different increments. Um, we're using the Forgotten Realms calendar. So chess is like March, or the 21st of March, 1420. 
you can generate weather. So we know today's weather is 10 degrees outside. It's completely overcast. There's light drizzles. You can randomize this. Um, so this, this is a nice calendar if you want to keep track of time. Uh, let's see other things. All right, let's talk about uh, some pre-made pre-made lawns. So there's um so this is what you can do. Um, so different. There's a lot of people in the community that are giving out map packs, and uh, let's just so these are just maps that uh, other people made that's just ready for you to import. And uh, where's that one that I want to find? Yeah. So this is these are compendiums. I'm going to drag one into my scene. It's all set up for me. Uh, let's see. And let's, oops, let's activate that. So I just imported this right now, right? It took me, you know, a couple seconds. And this entire map is all set with sound, with walls. Let's drag R1 into the scene. Oh, what happened there? Let's, uh, did I activate this? No. All right. I'm not really sure what's happening right now, but, um, it may be with all the recording and things, things are slowing down, but it's, there's map packs that are ready that you can just drop into your scene. Okay. Let's get rid of that. Okay. Um, so let's talk about combat unless some uh, people have questions. So there are a couple questions about, um, importing custom tokens. Can you make your own things like that? And if you yeah. import a character from DDB, let's say, and it has content that's not in the SRD, does it still work in Foundry? Yes, so you can, uh, yeah, absolutely. So everything's customizable. Um, I think I have to restart this. Hmm. Not really sure what's going on. Just let me restart this for a second. But yes, you can import your tokens. Uh, that R1 token, I basically, is just an image. And I just used a website called TokenScan. And um, that's, uh, it's just an image and you can use things like, uh, which I'll show later. You can use animated tokens, um, gotcha. as long as it's a picture, it can't do 3d, but as long as it's an image, you can, you can show it. So, and there's been, there's been a few questions about maps. So can you, um, a, can you get kind of a generic map from the web? That's just an image and dump it in as the background and yep. then build it up. Yep. So uh, this map is this map that I'm showing right now. This is the image. Um, it's a patron. I subscribe to them, and they come out with these maps. So I just import it. I set the grid size, and bam, I have this battle map. Right? It has no lighting setup, but um, that's not really much of a uh, issue because I'm just going to use this as a battle map. Right. right. Um, so and can you do? Can you use like video footage as the basis of an animated yeah. map or is it? So exactly. So WebAM, so let's show this one, right? So this is an animated map um, from, I think it's animated dungeons. I forgot exactly what the patron is, but right behind here, this is a movie, right? So I'm using a movie as the background for my map. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. Let's go back um, to, yep. The only other map type question here, and I do want to give you a reminder, you got about 10 minutes left. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> is uh, dynamic maps. So rain, smoke, sparks. Yeah, so I was going to talk about those as um, effects, but I, why don't I just show that right now? So uh, weather controls. So this is, a, um, this is a module. Let's bring some rain into this. Uh, oh, it's actually really hard for you to see because the raindrops are very fine. Um, uh, maybe snow would be better. Let's try that. 
Can you guys see the snowflakes? Yeah. 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 So a bunch of different weather effects. We can get some autumn leaves going. Uh, we can, let's say, let's get some birds. I think there are some crows that we can bring in. Uh, where are some crows? Right. There's a crow. All right. So a bunch of different effects you can do. Um, let's talk about combat. Um, so right now I've chosen to use, these are all tokens that, uh, top-down tokens that I've uh, subscribed to. This one I made using uh, Hero Forge. Let's drop some enemies here. So you can see uh, we're dropping some giant toads. And one cool thing is if you have a different variations on an enemy, you can set foundry to uh, automate, like, sorry, randomly select what the icon is. So I'm just dragging toads onto the map. And you can see here, there are a bunch of different variations and colors. You can use a wild card. It's like giant toad star, and I'll use like giant toad one, giant toad two, etc. Um, so you can, um, you know, differentiate your enemies. So uh, to to start combat, I select everybody, I pop them into the tracker, right, and then I roll a bunch of initiative, right. So we have Argon going first. Uh, some mods that I've installed. If I right click, these are this is like an information mod. I know this toad's AC is 11. I know the passive perception is 10. Their movement speed is 20. So I have this at my fingertip. So now let's say Argon is walking up and he wants to attack that toad. Uh, I'll just show you from the DM's perspective. Um, so let's target the toad. So I have combat automation up. Um, that's a separate mod. I was going to show you the default, what it's like, but I, I'm running out of time. Uh, poor time management. All right, so I have the toad selected and Oh, another mod is this HUD, H-U-D, token HUD. So instead of, I can double click into Argon sheet and select his weapon manually, or I can just select him and hover over here and have access to all his inventory and his items. It's really handy when you're DMing. You don't want to bother opening up one sheet after another. So let's attack with a great axe. So one thing I've set, you see the great axe animation. That's another module. It's very easy to set up. And on the right-hand side, with one click, he's attacked the giant toad. You can tell right here that this is his attack roll. He rolled a two. It's miserable. It misses the toad. It also rolled the damage, but it did not apply the damage. So you can see the health bar of the giant toad is uh, still intact. Let's do some, uh, let's attack with a great sword. So you have the animation of the great sword. So this time, again, it misses. Come on, Argon, you can do this. Okay, finally, right? So... He rolled um, a 13 this time for a 20. That hits the toad. You can see that there was a blood splat and there was, the damage is automatically subtracted. If I don't agree with it as a DM, I have a little undo button down here, right? Um, let's argue hit him a few extra more times. Um, yeah, so now the, the toad is hurt. And if you look here, I have a mod that adds blood splats. He's walking around, he's bleeding all over the place. Um, another thing I wanted to show uh, we have a druid with here, Gormag. Let's let's uh, let's say it's his his turn to act. He wants to he wants to use his uh, shape shifting powers. So what I did was I took a brown bear. He's going to shift a brown bear. I dragged it into his character sheet, and now he wild. So now Gormag turns into a bear. It automatically applies the wild shape. There's different options if you're doing true polymorph or something like that. But now he has the stats of a bear. Um, so now he has the attacks of the bear. He can target this. He can target this also, and uh, you know, use his claws, etc. Um, since I'm running out of time, oops, did not meant to do that. Instead of dragging everybody, I just want to select Orin. Let's have him target the same toad. 
And so I'm going to cast Magic Missile, right? So you can see the spell effects, three Magic Missiles automatically applied the damage. It did nine damage. Toad's almost dead. Uh, let's finish him off with a Fireball. Uh, automatically draws the template. All of these Toads automatically selected. They roll their saves. Damage is applied. Fireball goes off. This Toad is dead. So that's all taken care of. So you can, the module, you can select how much of this automation you want. One of the downsides with this is you can't fudge the dice because the computer is doing everything for you. So you may not want all of this if you want to fudge the dice. All right. Uh, any questions about that? Uh, I don't see any more questions about that. There was a request at one point to do a fireball again. So I think you've satisfied <laughs> that request. Um, um, yeah, I think, I think you've done a, an excellent job. Uh, I don't see any additional questions here. I think the only thing that you haven't covered yet that I haven't asked, and I think this is maybe a good way to wrap up, is um, how... Uh, how does it work when things update? Are the mods, do the mods break? Are they kind of, do yeah. they get updated with the patching? How does how does that work? So it is recommended that you wait one to two weeks uh, because the mods are written by community members at their own pace, right? So when a new version of Foundry, it's recommended that you wait at least one to two weeks after before you upgrade it for the so that the mod makers can have time to patch their mods if there is an issue. Uh, gotcha. One thing that I didn't get a chance to uh, is a really cool mod. I just discovered this, but there's this uh, website called uh, One Page Dungeon. You can, uh, you know, generate random dungeons based on this website. And with someone wrote a mod that you can, uh, you can import this dungeon with like two clicks right into Foundry. Uh, I thought it was super cool. With all the walls and lighting, everything set up. So I think um, just as a quick final question, then, if you were going to do uh, as someone who's been using it for a few months, how long have you been playing with Foundry? Uh, it, it came out in August, I think, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, how long does it take you from nothing to a player-ready encounter? Um, so that link I sent with the with the tutorials, so it's about an hour and a half. And if you go through that, you will be ready to play. Uh, you probably won't be able to use all of these modules, maybe just the really simple ones like the dice one. But uh, if you're familiar with World 20, if you're familiar with Fantasy Grounds, it's very easy. All the concepts are the same. It's very easy to adapt yourself to Foundry. It's really, excuse me, is really the modules that have a learning curve. Gotcha. So it's the add-ons that kind of are, are the yeah. things that take a bit of time to learn. The base program is really quite easy. Great. Great. Okay, well, um, I want to thank you, Ethan, for giving us this excellent, uh, excellent kind of tour through the various the various aspects of Foundry that uh, you use regularly as a GM. Um, and uh, I want to thank everybody who's uh, come out to to listen. And this will be recorded and posted. And uh, if we can figure out the video piece, we'll maybe maybe start uh, posting some of those as well. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody that uh, the next one of these GM sessions um, is going to be on April 8th. Uh, it's about lessons that folks have learned as a new GM. So if you want to be a GM, um, you know, new, old, experienced, et cetera, you're going to want to come and kind of live or relive the glory and horror of being a new DM. Uh, with some excellent panelists. So Sarah, Leah, and Katie um, are going to be the panelists for that one with Alpha as the moderator. I think this is the first time we've had an all-female panel uh, for our GM seminar. So that's not going to be something you want to miss. 
And uh, I think they're all going to be great panelists. They've all kind of started GMing relatively recently, so they can share some of those war stories. Um, any last words, Ethan, you want to share before we uh, get get closed up here? Thank you, very, you guys very much for this opportunity. Um, I'm doing it because I think Foundry is an excellent, excellent software, and you can really uh, help you as a GM and help your players. So I hope uh, more people consider using it. Great. Well, thank you. And uh, looking forward to seeing everybody at the next session.